This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 172, Steph's Coaching Story. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire. We must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm interviewing one of my clients, Stephanie Beard, about her coaching journey working with me. Stephanie and I met each other in the fall of 2019, so it's almost been, what, three years? Oh my goodness, three years? That's crazy! Oh my gosh, time has flown so fast. Um, Yeah, so her and I met, and she was at a place, she's going to tell you her whole story, but she was in a place where... You know, life had been really hard for her for many years, and she was just kind of like, okay, there's got to be more to life than where I'm living right now, and I know there's more to life because I've had glimmers of it already, and I want to get back there after these really hard experiences and find what it is I really, truly meant to do in the world, and when we first started working together, she still had more hardship come up that she had to get through. And then finally, in the fall of 2020, she joined my Live in the Dream Mastermind. In the past two years, her and I have been able to coach consistently, you know, week after week in some instances toward her goals and working the process that's now called Awakened Woman and bringing that back in and looking at it in new ways and new layers for her to get closer and closer to the stream life. She now knows things like what her zone of genius is and she's living in that. She's getting recognized more at work than ever before. She went from, in essence, making minimum wage to now getting to a place where she's getting raise after raise after raise and has doubled her income and so many other things. She's about to dig herself out of a debt hole, which has taken so long, and she lives in a very expensive part of the U.S., And she's been investing in coaching along the way. So she's just done a lot. She's also transformed her health. She'll talk in detail about that and what that journey looks like for her. And two of her just starting to get out of this really tired season in her life. She wasn't able to sleep a lot. She talks about, again, some of the health things that kept her from sleeping and get to a place where she kind of got, you know, like 
her mojo back. You know, she says in the interview, it's not like I rediscovered myself. I discovered myself. So she may describe it as like never had mojo, but yeah, she just really like started to bloom and blossom. And then it got to a point where I was like, stuff, you know, like let's take this next level and you really own your space and own your story and come on the podcast and tell everybody what you've been doing the past almost three years um, that we've been working together. So I hope you enjoy this story with Steph. It's been a huge transformation, obviously, and just take in, you know, what's possible for her is absolutely possible for you too. And if you're at a place where you're not needing as much as of a transformation for Steph, um, just imagine what you can create from this work when you are in essence at an even stronger place. You know, I talk about too in the interview, I wasn't quite sure if I could help stuff. I was hopeful I could because her energy was just so low and it's just been amazing to see um, just how much she's transformed. So without further ado, here is my interview with my client, Stephanie Beard. All right, Miss Stephanie, podcasting. <laughs> All right, it's been a long time coming. You and I met in what, 2019? Yeah. I think it was like fall 2019, right? Yeah, because I did the 30-day Life, Life Lovers. Lovers. Uh-huh. And then Unstoppable Women ended, I think, in December, right before COVID hit. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So let's go back to Steph in the fall of 2019. I still remember my consult with you. I was sitting in my closet on the floor, which was like right over here. But what do you remember from where you were then? I remember being very hesitant about life. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's put it that way. I'm like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't know what I wanted just in general out of life. I just knew where I was, was not where I wanted to be. Okay. And you were working at the bakery. Yeah. The first bakery, basically running the place and getting, getting up no- super early every day. Oh, Making super late at night, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. (laughs) Making tons of donuts. Basic was the majority of it, right? Majority was donuts. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So that's where you were then, but let's kind of backtrack before then and give everybody in a nutshell, your life from like high school on to when you met me. Oh, my life. Oh, that's the funniest journey ever. I think actually. Cause it like, it makes no sense when you look at it from an outside perspective. So finished high school, did four years of college said, okay, forget this. I'm going to stop working on that for now. So I joined the military in basic training. I literally broke my back, cracked a couple vertebrae, uh, blew out some discs that was ignored for a good long while by the military, um, by the military. Yeah. There's like, and tell them oh, how, like what happened for you to break your back. So there was a giant obstacle course we were going on. So it went up this giant ladder. And I say giant because the rungs were like four and a half feet apart. Coming from someone a little over five feet, that's a big distance. Go up this giant ladder. And then we're supposed to go down this rope that went all the way to the bottom, you know, safety net, and then crash pads at the bottom for you to land on. Well, I was one of the last people to go up and down that day. And over the course of the day, the crash pad had moved farther and further out and no one had noticed it. So when I got to the bottom, I fell in the space between net and crash pad, Mm. fell about, what's it, 12, somewhere between 12 and 14 feet and landed on concrete. Every time I hear that story, whew. (laughs) Every time I say it, I'm surprised it didn't hurt more than what I actually did. God, I'm like, my whole body gets numb. Yeah. 
So you had a like, really big accident. Yeah, and, and I basically that, got, I got like, told to get up and move on. It's like, yeah, hello, common yeah. sense. Yeah. So then you ended up leaving the military, obviously, because you were hurt. Mm-hmm. But in that, they kept denying and denying that you'd gotten hurt, right? Yeah. So two and a half years after my accident, I had a doctor actually look at me and try to get out of a chair and went, huh, your back really hurts, doesn't it? And I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I've been coming. They're like, x-rays that way. So I went, got the x-rays. Funnest part of my day was hearing the, right after one of the images was taken, hearing the technician go, oh shit. That's always something you want to hear. Especially at that time, because, you know, it's head of Iraq and Afghanistan. So it's like, you know, they're very used to seeing injuries. But yeah, it was. What did they diagnose it as? Just like a broken back? Pinched nerves because of degenerative discs because of the fall. It was like a weird, not a simple, yeah, not a simple thing to say. Yeah. Here's what it was. Okay. So then you leave the military. How old are you at this point? I retired when I was 26. 26. Okay, so you and I are the same age. So that's why I'm like, okay, when I was 26, I was having a baby. You were like getting out of the military. I was technically retired at that point. And it's like the weirdest thing ever to think about. Yeah. So crazy. But it's like. Okay, so then what happens next, Steph? I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Because I was a police officer in the military. Definitely couldn't do that anymore. So I needed to completely change what I was doing. And at that time. Three months after I got out, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and I became her caregiver because everyone else in my family either couldn't do it or wouldn't do it. So I took care of her for six and a half years, six and a half years unpaid until she died. Yep. And then I had to find a job. So it's like, and so at what, you know, point, what point are you or how old are you when she dies? 31. Wow. So from 26 to 31, you're taking care of her. And then every place I put in applications for they're like well a why are you changing jobs from what was last on your resume to what we're doing now and then why is there such a big huge empty chunk in here yeah you're like well because I broke my back (laughs) and I was taking care of my mom and can you just give us a glimpse of taking care of your mom because it was all the time right she needed didn't start out that way but she for most of that time she needed 24 7 care yeah. So it was a she, lot. She was having she was having major problems because of her things. Like her lungs got destroyed because of her cancer. So, you know, she was on oxygen, but it's like her memory also was destroyed by the chemo. So it's like she'd forget why she needed oxygen and tubes off. So she'd take them off and oh my gosh. <laughs> go do whatever. And it's just like, nope, you know, like wrangling a toddler the same size as you are. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay. So then you're in your early 30s. You're looking mm-hmm. for jobs. You're processing the death of your mom as well. Yep. And, and what job do you end up getting? I end up getting the baker position at this little donut shop slash bakery around the corner from my house. So, like, it was great because I didn't actually have to go anywhere. Is that the one that you were working at when you and I met? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were there for years. I didn't realize I that. was there for like three and a half years, yeah. Okay. All right. Like when I started, it was just going to be, okay, temporary job until I find something else to do. And that's not what it turned into. Yeah. Okay. So then you and I meet, you're working at the donut shop. I remember you thinking like, what, what is it I want to do with my life? Like you shared. 
I remember mm-hmm. your energy, Steph, and being like, can I help this girl? Like, I could tell you were so tired. And I was drained completely at that point, physically and emotionally. Yeah. 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 And so I, we did Life Lovers. I don't remember your journey in Life Lovers at all. Do you? No. Like, occasionally I get, like, little bits in memory, but it's, like, for the most part, it's, like, I don't remember that time at all. I don't either. Um, and then so. you went in Unstoppable and you did it in a group format. Mm-hmm. And you got really good results from what I remember. But then what happens is at the end of Unstoppable, you found out the bakery you're working at was closing. Yes, because the landowner had uh, leased our space out from under us. Yeah. So, it's so like, then it, it wasn't even a choice if we wanted to close or not. Like it yeah. was just a oops. Which was kind of good because I remember us starting to really look at what you wanted to do beyond the bakery. You were looking at different mm-hmm. jobs, applying for jobs. You weren't making a lot at the bakery. But then it became this, oh, shit, I'm not going to have any income. What am I yeah. going to do now? And so yeah. you and I quit coaching together because obviously you needed to, like, figure stuff out. And is that when you got the job at the grocery store? Yeah, I had been unemployed for technically a week because – Last day at the bakery was New Year's Day. And on the 7th, I got called from the manager at the second, what is the now, second bakery in my official career. And she's like, so I heard you looking for a job. Want to come in? Because it's like, she was definitely familiar with the product that I put out. So she knew I could do just about everything. Like decorate and bake and all the things. Mm -hmm. So then this would have been early 2020. Mm-hmm. And then you and I didn't really have a lot of contact during that time. And then no. summer 2020, I launched my Living the Dream Mastermind. Mm-hmm. I think, Steph, you were like the last person I had a consult with, from what I remember. Like you slid in at the so. very last. I was last. either the last or the second to last. I can't, I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And there was a part of me that was like, okay, Steph's still really tired. Can <laughs> Like, is she really ready for this mastermind? Because the way I was advertising it at the time was like, you know, we're going to like hit heart, it hard and get these goals and like make our dreams happen. And I'm going to coach you really hard and do all these things. And I remember like asking you like, are you sure you're ready for this? Are you sure? And <laughs> yeah. you said something along the lines of like, I don't have a choice. Yeah. Cause it was for as much as <laughs> I very much cling to my enduring pattern on a lot of things. It's like, I knew stuff had to change. Yeah. So when like, stuff says enduring pattern, she means like freeze. Yeah. Freeze pattern. So, you know, we all have these trauma responses. Some of us have fight, flight, freeze, spawn. Stuff goes to this freeze a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which in some cases in my life has been a good thing. Yeah. For the most part, it's I will just deal with stuff that comes my way and not actively try to change it. Yeah. So then you get into living the dream. We start September 1, 2020. (laughs) And kind of describe the first few months of living the dream on your end. It was hilariously like I didn't think I was going to uncover anything going through Unstoppable again during that time frame. So it was like nothing in my life has really changed since the last time I did this. <laughs> I laugh at that statement now. Nothing in my life physically had changed much since we stopped. But emotionally, I was a very, I had the same problems, but I was still a very different person than I was when we did it the first time. What would you say was the difference? The first time, through unstoppable i dealt almost everything i released except for two exceptions everything i released had to deal with my mom the first time because it's less like taking care of her brought up 
so much crap. But at the same time, like it was also partially my enduring tendency and partially my Enneagram one slash two-ness. Because I was just like, okay, she needs help. She needs care. No one else can give it to her. So I didn't think I could step away and not provide care. And giving her that care brought up a lot of stuff from my past. Yeah, from your childhood. Did not deal with even at that point in time. So it's, that was like a lot of the big baggage from that went away the first time through Unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So it's like the second time we did it around with Living the Dream, I was just like, okay. And I had, had a more balanced load of things I was releasing. Mm. Like it wasn't all centered around one situation or one person. Yeah. I remember you released a lot on the military job stuff. Dad. At least a lot of my dad. Yeah. My dad's wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was definitely a more broad thing, yeah. which, you know, has helped because it's like, I am much more emotionally regulated now than I was back then. Yeah. Yeah. So and so from that, you got out of this kind of like, we keep referring to this enduring or this freeze pattern. You started to wake mm-hmm. up and kind of claim your power a little bit more. And I remember by spring, you had definitely grown, but you were at a place where I was like... You mean your ultimatum? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> well, what happened in Living Living in the first year is it was, you know, you, it's a beta group. You're figuring out what, what's working yeah. and what's not working here. And what was interesting about that group too is many of them had worked with me in the past and they hadn't gone through the coaching process in a while. Steph being one of them. I mean, she was more of one of the fresh ones, but she also hadn't gone through the second part of the coaching process. So we spent a long part of the first part of the year going through that again. And like Steph said, bringing up new things, her learning new things that she didn't learn the first time because she didn't get exposed to it. And then by the spring, it was like, okay, we're done with all that. Like, let's hit pedals to the metal kind of thing. Like no effing around. Like y'all you know, do these certain things every week to, with like claiming your good stuff and really let's expand. And I just didn't see stuff showing up and doing like counting her good stuff is really one of the big things. And the reason why I'm so passionate about people posting that on a near weekly basis is because people can flatline. You know, I just talked about this on a mm-hmm. recent episode of like addicted to the struggle of they don't grow because they're not seeing the good things in their life and then their brain, you know, consistently just stays in a loop. So I didn't see Steph posting and posting, even though I'd given like some ultimatums of like, come on, y'all, come on, y'all. And finally I had to come to Jesus talk with stuff. I'm like, I don't remember what I said. Do you? Oh, I don't remember what it was like word for word, but it basically came out of like, stop trying to hide. You need to show up and do stuff. And it's like, I just basically took that and went, yeah. Yeah. And it basically <laughs> it ran like, with it. show up and, and make this happen or otherwise, like, what's the point of being here was kind of the thing. It was like, basically what it turned out to. And then it was just like a, oh, I think it was like a week after that, that I quit my job. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so then Steph took my come to Jesus talk and she thrived out of that. And that's when I, you really came alive stuff. So that was spring 2021. So mm-hmm. now we're in summer 2022. So yeah, so stuff then she'd been working at this bakery, right? Bakery mm-hmm. part two, making near minimum wage. Near minimum wage. I was doing the manager's job because he was incompetent and couldn't do it. Not the manager that hired me. It was 
like a manager. We got there. We got a manager that couldn't do his job. So I was doing his job for him and not getting the recognition or pay for it for all the trouble I was doing. So I was like, okay, I need to go to a different store where I can like actually, you know, thrive and make the pay I should have been making. Cause at that time I was doing most of the mostly cake decorating actually, instead of baking. And that's two different pay scales for those jobs. Mm -hmm. But even still, you know, I remember us coaching a lot on people you're working with and it was the same problems over and over again. Yeah, It was the same crap over and over again. And it was not making near what you were worth of like, this woman is college educated. She was in our fucking military. And just because you had this kind of gap in employment, it was like fucking ridiculous. You couldn't get a job. But part of that too was it had knocked a lot of your confidence off and out of the game. And so, yeah, we had that come to Jesus talk of like share up or else, but you took it and you like flew with it. You quit your job. And I remember you coming to the group and you're like, I quit my job. I'm just done with this. And I thought, oh, shit. And it wasn't even like quit my job, work two weeks. It was a quit my job and I'm not coming back because I went in on my day off to turn in my notice at both the stores I was working in at the time because I was just like, I, I can't deal with this. Because mm-hmm. the straw that broke the camel's back with that was that I had the bakery managers at both stores gossiping and lying about me. And I was just like, this is bullshit. I don't have to put up with this. And that's what we just kept coaching on was just like petty bullshit from, you know, when you're working at a place like, like, like you know, in college, I worked at a restaurant it, and it's just the caliber of people there. You know, yeah. I know that sounds snobby, but anyway, so you were, you like really owned it of like, I'm fucking done. You turn yeah. in your notice. And again, as a as my your coach, I was like, oh shit. Like, did I like talk her too far off the edge? Of, like, I didn't even say anything day. until after I'd done my last day at the bakery. Yeah. And so, it's like one of the managers was like, Can you please work one more day? You're not gonna have to see the people that are your problem people. Can you please work one one more day? And I was like, okay, fine, that's it. I was like, but if for some odd reason those people come in, I was like, I'm walking out the door. And he's like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, yeah, you worked your last day and then kind of tell them what happened next, huh? So nothing like quitting your job during a global pandemic. Oh, yeah, because that would have been the, of the My pandemic. state was still locked out at the time and not knowing where you're going to go next. And so it was both utter terror and utterly freeing at the same time. weird combination of those two and so I was like okay well here I am let's you know start the whole file for unemployment process and start that craziness all over again and it was hilarious because it's like before I even got that all done I got called up by my former boss of the first bakery and he's like I've got a job that's like would be utterly perfect for you I was like bakery position he's like no, <laughs> nothing close. And so I was just like, okay, do you got time to talk? And he's like, well, I'm just sitting outside watching a bonfire right now. If you want to drive down the hill and come see me. So I drove down and talked to him. We talked for like three hours, I think. And that was just. And then he's the one that told you about the job you have now. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that story. That's crazy. And hilariously, like what he offered on my job then is definitely not what I'm doing now. So does he work there at the company you're at? No, he, he quit at Christmas time. Oh, wow. So wow. okay, it was, it was, that was kind of why I got stressed out over Christmas because I knew he was quitting and he was the big reason why 
the company owner hadn't fired me because he doesn't understand what I'm doing for a job. So obviously what I'm doing isn't important. Okay. So you get this job opportunity and what were you hired for? The position title is still the same project manager, project manager, but the job I was doing was very different. Yeah. Because before it was just like a very basic it role as well, mm-hmm. even almost admin role. Yeah. I was hired as a quote unquote glorified babysitter exact words for our software developers. Cause they had a tendency to just like go off on tangents and down rabbit holes and not actually concentrate on what they're supposed to be working on. Mm. And then what's been cool is in the past year, tell everybody like what's transformed. What's transformed. Ooh. So a lot of it hasn't necessarily been in the past year, but I'd say the past six or seven months, especially because it's like after Steve left, I just went, okay. And I just, I took ownership of that role. Of and his went, role. Well, of his slash mine, like mm-hmm. where, where those two overlapped. Because it's like af- after Steve quit, it's like, you know, the decision was made, okay, we're not going to fill that role again. So it was like a, okay, shuffle everything around a bit. But I was just like, okay, if there really isn't someone in that director slash leadership role of IT, I was like, okay, then someone's got to step up and do the job. And I'm like, I stepped up for a lot of stuff in the, both, well, both in software development and IT stuff in general for a lot of stuff. And I was just like, okay, this needs done. And so, so it's done. like, when I noticed stuff that needed done or needed addressed, I didn't ignore it. I just started like making comments about, okay, this needs done. And is this anyone's responsibility? And if it wasn't, you know, figure out if it really should be our responsibility or not. Mm. Make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then how would you define your role now? How I define it now? Oh, I loved how I worded it in the text to you last week. It's like, I'm taking how our current software program, because it was developed in-house, so it's not a commercial thing. So our current software program works, how people are using the software and what the company's actual goals and needs are. And I'm taking all those things, putting it into a blender and coming out with the ideal workflow for the next version of the software that we're working on developing now. Yeah. So much different than a glorified babysitter. Much different, (laughs) much different than a glorified babysitter. And much different than working for minimum wage at a bakery. Yeah. Because tell them about the leadership thing that just got presented to you too. I got well, voluntold, but it, I eagerly accepted this one with both hands to do a bunch of leadership training. There was basically 20 different online courses to take. A lot of them are like real short and simple. And then three all day seminars. And it was hilarious because I started like going, oh, well, who else has to do this? And I started looking at it and I'm like, okay, owner, owner, VP, VP, executive, executive. It all basically wound up to being 11 executives from the company and then me. Yeah. So now in a position of leadership, they're kind of training you for getting mm-hmm. you ready for throughout the and year. You've had raise after raise after raise. And I was the first person that finished all of that training and turned it in. And the HR director was like sent out like an email to all the people who said, Hey, everyone, congratulate Stephanie. She got, you know, first one to get it all done. Yeah. What do they label it? Like executive leadership training? I think it was just called leadership training Okay, at the company. But still, it's like, look, but it's just here's like one a, of our new, you know, like budding leaders in comparison to VPs and, you know, executives. Like, how cool is that stuff? 
yeah. right? And I think so what's like, so cool in this too is that, you know, we had a call a couple months ago. We did specifically around your zone of genius. And we were looking mm-hmm. at like, what is it that you're really good at? And we were playing with all these different things among that hour. And then we came back to, forget what it, even what it was, but like seeing what's broken in the process to fix it. Yeah. Uh, processes and systems. Yeah. I observe so how they're working for now. One. And, then, <laughs> and then I fix them. I give them an ideal workflow on what it should be. Yeah. Which is so funny because when you were at the bakery days, you were sitting there decorating cakes, doing all this, but you're always like, hey, if we did this system, it would be so much more efficient. Or if we did that system, and then you would get so annoyed because people wouldn't honor your system. <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, it's hilarious because they told me, I like a lot of times it came back to people telling me I was crazy and that wouldn't work. And then like a couple, couple months later, they're like, hey, I figured out a way to do this. And I'm just like, that's what I told you. Yeah. And I ago. remember when we were coaching those days and I, I was like, okay, this is like, she has so much more brain capacity than what she's doing. We've, we've got to mm-hmm. shift her somehow. But you quitting the bakery and doing all the things you did to where you get today was totally like, I did no coaching in any of that. It was all just <laughs> you owning your worth. I mean, like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And then two, yeah. you ha- just giving so much value in your other roles, like with the first bakery role, and then being able to be presented with this whole different job. I mean, so beautiful in that. And then, of course, just you being you, Steph, you work your tail off and you get promoted along the way. So I love your story, Steph, because you've just transformed so much. And I think it's really yeah. just been in the past year, really, that you've transformed the most. And I think that's yeah. true for a lot of people who tend to go into a freeze pattern when they're overwhelmed. And it's for a long time, it's like the results are there, but they're really minimal. They're not like ones you would rave home about kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then what happens is sometimes just something clicks in them. And I go back to like my come to Jesus talk with you. Like something clicked in that moment for you. Yeah. And then the, everything, they're just like explosion. And you're like, holy crap, what's going on here? And what was so cool too, is you went from barely ever posting your good stuff, barely ever wanting to be seen and acknowledged and connecting with others to now, like you're almost always one of the first people to post your good stuff. You're taking up space in our community all the time. You're bragging on yourself. Even when I invited you on this podcast, you were like, a part of me wants to say no, but a part of me is like, wants to say yes. And you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. commended you before we hit record is like, not everybody says yes to this. You did. And you're just like finally blooming again after some really hard years in your 20s in essence. Yeah. And it's just like, it was hilarious because it's like a year ago when we wrapped up the first LTD, I was like, you know, in three months at work, three and a half months at work, I'd hit my five-year goals for that job. In three and a half months. In three and a half months. <laughs> I'm still kind of amazed at that. And now I'm just like, hey, okay, what I'm doing now was not on my radar of things that I would be doing yeah. back when I back when I accepted it. And it's just like, hey, I'm finding it hard to make those five-year plans simply because it's just like so much has changed in that last year. That I'm just like a, I can't imagine where I could go. Yeah. You're like blowing your if own I damn keep mind. On, if I keep on the, even the same trajectory without doing any more crazy upspikes on things, I'm like, I'm still going to be at a completely different place that I probably would never have expected. Haven't you like 
two or three times your pay at this point too? Yeah. I've almost, almost doubled what I was making at, at the bakery, at the bakery, the second bakery with, I'm supposed to be getting a raise later this month when the salary reviews take effect. Yeah. Well, and two, I want to talk about, it hasn't just always been about your career. There's been a health journey in this. Mm-hmm. It's gone from stuff having basically ail- every ailment all the time, like random things happening, like, well, now I've got this ingrown toenail and this tooth thing and this other thing. And this yeah. year we've really focused in on, okay, what healing do we need to do mentally and what actions you need to take to transform your health? And every month when you and I have our goals call, it's like, yep, moving forward. Yep. This thing is gone. This thing is gone. Like migraines are down. This thing is, I don't have these weird health things pop up as much anymore. So I just want to commend yeah. you on that because it, it hasn't just been, again, career and money. It's been a lot of inside work you've been doing too. I'd actually say it's mostly the inside work. Yeah. Like that's honestly where the change is. Yeah. Because even if I like start to list out stuff that's changed on this journey to myself, it's the first things that come out on that list are not the career stuff. Ooh, what would you say then on your list? I'm a lot more balanced now. Like what do you mean by balance? So still have PTSD issues from the military. Probably always will. But I am, even when I have panic attacks that are triggered by those things, I'm still aware of what's going on. I am not completely losing it like I used to. Mm. Because honestly, like, especially before we started coaching, right before we started coaching was uh, my mom's birthday. Because that happened right before the, we did the Life Lovers. Mm. And I basically completely lost my shit that day. You know, it was just like emotionally triggering. But now I'm like, okay, with with seeing those things and acknowledging them. I also, you know, will still acknowledge I have issues, which is actually a big improvement because I used to not admit I'd had issues. But it's like, you know, taking extra time off for the 4th of July. Like people were like, well, why are you taking time off? Are you, you know, going somewhere on vacation? And I was, you know, upfront and honest and going, no, I need the time mentally to deal with it. And I, you know, kindly remind people, I was like, yeah, I was in the military. I do have PTSD from some of the stuff I experienced. And then they were like, okay, that's fine. And it's just the more I acknowledge that I do have the problems that I have, it's helping me to deal with them in healthy ways. Mm. Yeah. And I think that goes back to two of you just like taking out but, space and let, allowing other people to help you and serve you and your needs. Yeah. Cause I didn't try, I'm not trying to hide everything anymore. Yeah. Which takes a lot of bravery and courage too. Yeah. 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 So good. Um, I know one of the big things that's transformed in the past few months is the sleep thing. Remember how hard it was mm-hmm. for you to sleep? Oh, it was downright impossible. And now what's your sleep like? When we like? started like if I slept two hours at a time when we started a couple of years ago, it was like, that was a miracle in and of itself. Yeah. And that's why you were so darn tired. Yeah. And why the energy was low. Yeah. And so but you now, were able to do some work around that. Yep. And, and what does your now, sleep look like now? I'm sleeping whole nights. They're not, you know, the ideal quote unquote eight hours that I'm supposed to get of sleep. I usually get somewhere around six, but I do get rest time before that. Because before I used to like, I used to acknowledge my insomnia in a very bad way. I go, okay, I'm not sleeping. So I just get up and I do things like 
physically demanding things in the middle of the night, as opposed to just going, uh, okay, I'm not sleeping. Acknowledge that, but then do something quiet, like listen to some music or read a book that's not getting endorphins flowing in my body and waking me up that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think what comes up for me there stuff too, is just like you honoring yourself. I remember we've had some sessions around that of like, I don't push myself to where like my back hurts so bad that I'm like in level 10 pain. I start to slow down at level one or two or three pain now. Yeah. And it's like, I'm also aware of not necessarily just my back, but like everything else about my body. You know, it's like, I had a really bad case of food poisoning after new year's. And I was just like, I didn't even try to drag my butt into the office at that time. I was just like, I'm working from home and I'm doing as much as I can from here. I was like, I'm not trying to pretend everything is normal. Yeah. Well, what would happen too is very much what I used to do. Yeah. You would pretend everything's normal. You would push yourself to these extremes and then you'd be so resentful in it. And that's where Mm -hmm. I would gently and lovingly call you out and be like, okay, well, why are you doing this? You're the one that's pushing yourself to these limits. You know, you can't be resentful at them and that. This is so beautiful for you to shift in that. And then, of course, everyone loves that. Like, that makes you more magnetic in that. And they're like, wow, she still gets it done, even when she has food poisoning and she honors herself in that. And you're able to show up with even more energy and confidence. And so you're respecting more than that. And like last week, I had a conversation with my boss about, you know, possibly switching to a four day work week as a regular thing. Yeah. You know, my Fridays are usually about half days anyways, but it's just like, okay, say, <laughs> why do we even bother with that? Well, and that's where again, it's like, here's, here's what I want. Here's what I need. I know the systems to make things more efficient. That's your yeah. ultimate Enneagram one wing too, right? It's like, yep. make it as efficient as possible and I'll do my job. So if you were to go back to the stuff that was on your consult call, do I have to fall 2019 and you were <laughs> like future self let's talk to her if you're talking to her from today what would you have told her about the journey in store for you I think I would have told her to not stop after that first session of impossible hmm. like and, when we took those few months off yeah yeah and done authentically awesome at that time because although like a lot of the work that I needed done on myself was all this stuff that is in the unstoppable process because a lot of my stuff was healing from the past more than anything else. Because it's like when we did the living the dream and we did all the all the stuff in one, that time during Authentically Awesome, although that was stuff like looking forward and like planning for the future and being your authentic self, like that really wasn't what my brain was doing during that time. It was an odd way of my brain integrating the stuff that I did during Unstoppable. Because mm. of the odd way my brain likes to twist and view things. Yeah, and I think that makes sense from a neuroscience perspective because everything takes about six months for it to set in. And that's why, you know, if people listen to the show, Unstoppable and Authentically Awesome are now one process called Awakened Woman. And it's like either you do it all or you do none of it. (laughs) Like there's no choice anymore. You have to do it all. Because honestly, I think doing one without the other isn't – you don't even get, I think, half the benefit from it. Like it's a – you need both of the processes together. Yeah. In order to do it. Well, and then you've had living the dream with the ongoing support and ongoing coaching to really solidify all of that stuff. Just like I mentioned, you know, we did a call a few weeks ago on your zone of genius and like taking things even deeper and deeper and getting the support too when things come up at work or at home to keep that work. And then 
looking back and, and talking to myself in the past, I'd honestly say like, don't stress about the money that I'm investing in this because it's more than worth it. Hmm. Cause that was a stretch for you. It, it's been a big stretch for me because it's like, I am, I live in a very expensive place. Cost of living here is ridiculous. Unfortunately, minimum wage does not reflect anything close to what you actually need to live around here. And so it was like money has always been an extremely tight thing. It was tight in college, tight before that. Was not tight during my military years because I was actually kind of smart about the way I did money investing during that time. So it's like I, when I retired from the military, although that was unexpected, I still had a good chunk in savings. But it's like I went through that in the six and a half years taking care of my mom because I had no income. And then it's just like, after that, it's been like, a, okay, I'm trying to dig myself out of a hole. Yeah, which you've almost dug out of. <laughs> let's talk about that too. You've almost dug out of so, a hole and invested in coaching. And you got a new mm-hmm. car. And I got a new car, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. Like I needed a new car. So much like my first one was my 21st birthday present to myself. So it's like, I hung on to that car for almost 18 years. And now I'm, I was just like, hey, okay, that car is basically on its last legs and dying. I need a new one. And it's like, I could have just gone and got, you know, something real cheap. But I was like, I want to invest in something good that'll do both winter driving in the mountains, which I need here. And I was like, and something that's not going to take a lot of like input into fixing problems. And so I was like, yes, yeah, so you invest in a nice car. Let's claim it. A nice car. Yeah. So you've done all of that. You're about but, to get yourself out of the debt hole. Yeah. And you've got, I mean, how amazing is that stuff? It's like every time I think about the money, it's like I see the dollars and I'm like, oh, that's a lot to do it. And then, but it's just like, so it's like every month I have that conversation with myself, but I'm like, yeah, but what I'm getting out of it is more than worth it. Yeah. Well, and, well, and commending to you is like you show up and you make it happen too. Yeah. And if you don't, then I'm on your tush. Where are you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Knocking on it, your door in essence. But it's just like a, even just like the, the emotional well-being part of that makes it worth the investment. But if you think about all the stuff I don't have to deal with that I used to have to deal with, like all the physical stuff. Oh like yeah. I, the fa- physical ailments. Yeah. The physical stuff that I don't have to deal with anymore. Like the period from hell one week a month, every month that I used to have to deal with. And now I'm just like a, eh? Yeah. I mean, I got those every couple months, but that's, you know, one week, every couple months is a lot easier to deal with than every month. One out of four. Yeah. Every month. Yeah. Yeah. So good. All the other little stuff that it's just like a, okay, that's. Yeah. We could have a whole episode on just the, your health transformation. <laughs> Honestly. Cause it's like, so now it's like, I go to the dentist for cleaning and they're like, gold star. Nothing versus to do. before. What was it before? Before it was like a, okay, you need this crown done and this crown done and this crown done. And yeah, like it was a laundry list of things that need done. And I still have a couple things on that that, you know, should get done. But the dentist is like, everything's happy enough now. We can just leave it and wait. Yeah. Well, and I think some of that's mental health. The other part is, is? you taking care of yourself, like the teeth improvement. Or just look at the yeah. teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I will take the good things when they come to me. Yeah. I'll also take the bad, but it's like, I also don't dwell on the bad stuff when it happens either. You've been in a really good season though, it seems like, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. And part of me has me worried about that because I'm like, I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop. From <laughs> and that's it. our next work. <laughs> but I also realize that that is what my brain is trying to do. Right. So it's, you know, 
but the occasional interesting conversation with myself. Yeah. Like, hey, just because things are good doesn't mean they have to get bad. Exactly. And that's, again, like you're coaching yourself on that. But. Beautiful. Okay, Steph, we've gone way over. It's supposed to be 30 <laughs> minutes. It's like an hour. So thank you sorry. for sharing all your story with us. And don't say sorry. That was totally on me. I'm just like, yeah, tell us more. Tell us more. Yeah. Anything else you want to end with? No. Other than you definitely made your tagline of best investment in my life. Oh, good. Check. <laughs> definitely. And it's, I'd say not necessarily just the work you do, but the people that are in it. Like the living the dream people. I am comfortable laying shit bare to them. Yeah. And it's like coolest community. Sometimes, sometimes I filter what I say, but I'm not afraid to not filter things either, which yeah. is nice in a couple of regards. Like I have to filter things a couple of times at work because I work for extremely conservative people. But yeah, it's nice having the community that I don't have to worry about filtering on any of it. Like it's not even just what I say, but it's also like how I show up. Like if I feel like doing evening calls in my pajamas, like I'm perfectly happy showing up in front of camera that I know is recording in pajamas yeah. for those people. What I hear in that is like, you're free to but, be you. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. I love it. And this wasn't even rediscovering me. It was discovering me. Ooh. Well, that's so cool. It's been an interesting, interesting journey. It has. Thanks for sharing it, Steph. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero. And you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book. This book is a study guide for life. Enjoy. And of course, share this show with your friends. I believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. The more you help others succeed, the more you help yourself. So share, share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.